0: Welcome to the Daily Line of Sports Podcast. I'm your host Brendan Jones. Joined as always with Gabby Hyde and Josh Peach. It's Friday. I'm feeling good. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, I'm a little tired from the week. It's been yeah, a week.
0: It's been a long week.
1: It's been a long week, but we get basketball tonight, basketball tomorrow,
0: football, football Sunday. Sunday.
1: It's a good weekend. I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, it's
2: Josh you. I'm pretty tired. It's been a long week. Been up early for some football stuff, uh, but a lot of news, so I guess that's been a positive.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess how I want to start this is, what, four or five weeks ago, me and Gabby did an episode called Kevin Warren's decision is final. Psych. Kevin, <laughs> uh, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten's decision. And
1: I defended him.
0: We did defend him, but I think at the time that was the right choice. I agree. But... Kevin Warren and the Big Ten's decision decision was not final. Um, they voted what Tuesday to, or they announced Tuesday to um, that they were going to resume or not resume because they never took a break, but to start. No, back It
1: was Wednesday. It was it Wednesday? It was
0: Wednesday morning uh, to start the Big Ten season um, in the weekend of October twenty third. Uh, this obviously has come at a time where you know we were hearing a lot of rumors that they were rethinking their decision that they were going to vote on it um, and last weekend kindly, or it finally all kind of came to a, a point point. Um, and obviously their announcement was on Wednesday uh, I think at that point we had all kind of assumed that it was going to happen um, I think if you would have asked me two or three weeks ago I would have been like there's no way um, but after everything we've seen on Twitter you know, people saying different sources this and that um, I, I think we are kind of ready for it and then I mean they sent out this email where it kind of goes over their plan and stuff in it Gabby, if you kind of want to talk about that plan, I mean, in my opinion, it's probably better than anything we've seen from any other conference in the, in the nation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the plan is solid. So starting with testing, by now, you know, at University of Illinois, every student, faculty, any person on campus is getting a saliva test at least two times a week. The football team and all the athletes were getting that same test done. Now they're switching to an antigen test, which both the Illinois director of sports medicine, Randy Ballard, and... Illinois Chancellor Robert Jones said um, on, a conf- on a like press conference call the other day that that was the game changer. This antigen test, it uh, can detect the virus before you even have the opportunity to spread it to other people, which is obviously huge for the football team when you're trying to minimize if, okay, if one person does get it, can you minimize that to only just one or two people instead of the whole position group? That would probably be getting it if it were just a saliva-based test. So testing that antigen test is conference-wide starting September 30th every day. Every day, Sunday through Saturday, they're getting this antigen test. Everybody on the team, whether it's players, trainers, coaches, the water boy, like literally everybody involved with the football team is getting this antigen test. Now, Another, that was like, in testing was the thing Chancellor Jones had said really held him back from voting yes back in August 11th, was there wasn't clear testing across the whole conference, and it wasn't rapid. Um, Illinois, obviously, has had this rapid saliva test, but... This antigen test was the game changer. The other thing was the heart disease that's been kind of floating around the last couple of months, mitocarditis, um, heart inflammation. And it's been detected in several athletes who have tested positive for COVID-19 um, after the fact they're now getting diagnosed with mitocarditis. Back in August, they didn't really know much about it, didn't really have a plan in place. Another reason why Chancellor Jones voted no. Now, they have plans in place for that. So, if, um or a positive test from anybody on the football team, they are required now to go through extensive cardiac screens. Then, if they clear from all of that, they then have to get cleared by a designated doctor on campus, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever the university wants. As their cardiologist, they have to get cleared. And it's a 21-day ban since testing positive. So you're missing three games, essentially, if you test positive. I
0: think that's kind of what, like, hit me the most when I was reading this, when this came out on Wednesday morning, was that this seems like a much more thorough plan than anything we could have thought of in August, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, it seemed like the only thing we could do in August is test and hope that the spread was mitigated as much as possible. But when I I read that they'd have to be out for a minimum of 21 days, like, that seems like... I mean, when you think about, I mean, people who go into regular quarantine and are, you know, quarantined for 10 days, and now these athletes at the very minimum can be... have to be out for 21 days, it just seems like they're taking it really seriously and they're really... um, um, monitoring this health, this this heart condition, um, that's gonna be an effect for some people. You know, for maybe the rest of their lives, depending on like mm-hmm. if they never had the screening. Like it could have been something that affected them for the rest of their lives. So, um, I'm really. I don't know if I'm proud, but it's like, at least that if they're going to resume competition, I feel better
1: now than I would have back in August. And I think the thing that I feel really good about is the antigen test. Because if you can detect when say a wide receiver, Tuesday, he tests positive in the antigen test. Mm. Okay, he hasn't even had... If he was negative Monday, he probably hasn't even had time to spread that virus to anybody. So you shut it down right away, quarantine him right away. Um, And then you might have maybe one or two guys who end up getting it from him. Um, But I think you lessen the chances of, like like I said, like a whole position group getting it. No, exactly. Because they're all, you know, if they're working out together, you know, wide receivers are all in a tight group together all the time. One guy tests positive. Well, you don't know about it for a couple days from the saliva test. He's already spread it to the whole wide receiver group. And then how do you play a game?
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing that I... And I guess, kind of appreciative that they're taking into consideration, is that, you know, it kind of sucks to call these, like, football guys their guinea pigs, but they are going to be used mm-hmm. for research. Like, these these results, you know, how well the antigen test um, identifies the virus, how, you know, quick the virus can spread after um, after somebody, like, has that contact and, and then uh, tr- uh, is transmitted to the virus. So, I mean, it'll be nice to see... Like scientifically what stuff comes out of these results for um, the football season. So it's 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 going beyond football, which I'm appreciative about, even though I'm very hesitant to be like, yeah, we should be playing football right now it's nice to see that, like, they're at least taking into consideration um, the other aspects of of what, you know, testing every day and and doing these protocols could be.
2: One thing I'm a little
0: concerned about, and
2: like, this is more playing devil's advocate, because I am really happy, like, that they did come to this decision. It's data-driven, as Chancellor Jones said many times, but unlike the students at the University of Illinois, a lot of Big Ten universities still are having major COVID problems. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about yesterday on the radio show, like Shannon Ryan wrote an article and she compared getting through the season to walking on a tightrope and high heels. And she mentioned that University of Wisconsin just went on campus lockdown. They moved all their classes online. Michigan State's having problems and a couple of other universities like Iowa and Nebraska obviously have big, uh, had like big problems. And I know that the schedule doesn't start until the weekend of October 23rd and 24th, and that's probably to give universities the chance to get this under control. But if they don't get it under control, that's where the problems could start, and that's the one risk with actually having the season.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm also concerned about is because you saw that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the athletes at University of Illinois, starting September 30th that will be tested every day, no longer have to test with Illinois tests, right? Correct. So it seems like they're kind of taking – You know, they're kind of taking the athletes outside of the university in terms of they're not as focused on what the university um, COVID condition is like as much as they're focused on what the team condition is like. Mm -hmm. That's kind of... I don't know. I don't know the right term for it. Maybe worrisome because it feels like you're. That's just another step you're taking these kids out of their um, academic, you know, uh, culture that they're supposed to be in, being student athletes. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, like Josh said, I mean. Illinois is probably doing the best in the Big Ten, and we're not even doing that well. I mean, since classes have started, we've had 2,000 new cases, something like that. Um, And other schools are doing much worse than us. Um, Penn State is, you know, going into a place where they're not doing well right now. Indiana hasn't been doing well. Iowa, Wisconsin, all these schools. So it, it is kind of worrisome that it feels like... Despite all the things that are going bad in terms of COVID on universities, the football teams are still gearing to play, so it kind of is separating them from the student bases. Um, but, I mean, that's that's probably the decision that the Big Ten is fine with living with.
1: Well, I talked about this yesterday with Josh on the radio show. Like, they are taking every path possible around, like, I don't know how I'm trying to word this. Let me back up. Like, they are taking these football players every which way besides, like, being a student athlete first. And that's the thing is, okay, we, you know the NCAA these conferences ride on this fact that these players are students first that's why they're student athletes student first that's such a big thing but like you said Brendan now okay we're going through the we're going over Illinois as a campus testing Mm -hmm. to do our own separate testing so we could play football
0: right yeah, it just seems like they're outside. Just like so we could yeah. play
1: football, not yeah, that's what it just is. to keep the players safer, not because they're in closer contact with people than normal students. Also, you and I I asked this to Chancellor Jones like uh, back on the conference call on Wednesday, I was like if there's a campus outbreak and say you know you have to shut down classes for everybody you have to shut down everything in person Mm kind of like what wisconsin's on right now like complete shutdown kids go home how can you still have on-campus football when that was such a big deal back in the spring that you couldn't have any sports because all the students were sent home and there were no on-campus activities you, got to, you said that that was the reason in the spring and that was a big deal in the spring. When I asked him that, he kind of like diverted the question. Which I'm sure, yeah. And <laughs> talked about how since there's no fans and there's no like fans in the stadium, we're limiting the... Completely like missed my question. I'm sure on purpose. He's yeah, a very intelligent guy. I don't think he just missed my question. Yeah. So well, I'm a little was- concerned about that, that he's not... Basically, what that told me was we don't care what happens on campus. Football is kind of separate right now, which is terrifying because that's that's not how it's supposed to be. Because, again, these guys are not getting paid. This is not their job. You know what I mean? I mean? Like, they are not getting compensated. They're getting compensated. They get stipends. They get their college paid for. I get that. And that's a huge factor. And I'm sure they're all very grateful for that. But at the end of the day, like, if you're trying to make football this separate entity that's not affiliated with what's happening on campus like it normally is, you're going to get into some. Of those like really fine lines that you shouldn't be crossing, and there could potentially be lawsuits coming out of that.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure, and
1: I'm sure they're prepared for that. I'm sure they know what they're doing, but.
0: But they are. There are some
1: really fine lines. They're getting really close to crossing.
0: You're correct that they are blurring the lines between student athlete and professional in Mm -hmm. terms of how they're treating these guys and how um, they're expecting them to do this. Obviously, they've put, they've said, hey, if you don't want to play this year, you can sit out and all that stuff. They're not forcing these guys to play by any means. But
1: why would you want to sit out if you don't have any, like. It is kind of
0: a manipulative relationship. This goes back to just the nature of the NCAA. Yeah. um, From its beginning, but it is kind of scary, like. You said that they're like if i'm
1: of, if i'm a doug kramer and i'm trying to get to the nfl this year i'm right. not gonna sit out and that's i mean that's if my just, team's playing i'm not gonna sit out
0: yeah that's just the nature of college sports um especially football and basketball so it i mean and it does beg the question of what's the difference between these guys and students now is it's becoming more and more clear that you know these guys are the athletes and that's what they're here for
2: Well, like yesterday or I'm sorry, Wednesday on like the big press conference, Josh Whitman said, you know, we are going to say to these guys like, hey, you can play football, but there's a lot of stuff you're not going to be able to do, you know, and you're going to have to make better decisions most that won't be mirrored by your peers and I got the chance to ask Doug Kramer that yesterday and he basically said everyone on the team is on board like they even though they're not getting treated right now like normal students they all want to play except for the two that have opted out obviously so they're all apparently 100% on board and you know even, even though it does sound a little weird like they do acknowledge that like their number one priority is football so if it means going to practice going home doing your schoolwork and eating and that's it besides, you know, mm-hmm. playing football, they're. I guess they're on board with that. So yeah, they're okay I mean, then.
0: They are on board with that. It just – it is weird that – It's I, weird. To me yeah. that they're – I mean, I but think, it is what it is yeah. in terms of money and the NCAA, like that's what they – I mean, if they wouldn't be playing – I don't think they would have been playing if the SEC and ACC and Big yeah. Twelve decided not to play back in August. But now that you see these games and they're looking as if they're going off successfully, um, obviously we we won't know that for a few more weeks now. But yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I'm more concerned about, and this kind of steps away from sports a little, but. Okay, so Illinois researchers said that, you know, saliva-based tests twice a week is adequate for this environment. It is good. That's the best way we should go about this. Okay, now you're taking these students, these student-athletes, and giving them a whole different test that's supposedly safer. Mm. I'm a student. I want that test. I want to know if—I want to know— I have it before I can infect my roommates or my friends or anybody I'm around at the office at the Daily Line. I my work. Like, yeah. why am I not getting that test? And that question was asked to Chancellor Jones, again, kind of beat around the bush a little, <laughs> which it's his job to do that if he doesn't have a clear answer. But he had kind of just said that. For the environment the students are in and on campus and all the data and research that has been gathered that the t- twice a week uh, saliva test is sufficient enough. Yeah, I'm sure it is It is sufficient, <laughs> but how many lives, or not lives because I don't think any students have
0: uh, uh, died yet from Illinois. this
1: at our university, but how many infections could we have saved, yeah. prevented if... Everybody was getting this antigen test. How many people going forward could we save from being infected if students got this antigen test? And I think that's another thing, and obviously we all care about sports, so we love sports, but a regular student on this campus who really doesn't care about sports or isn't interested, if I'm a regular student right now, I'm a little, why are they getting a different test than me? They're kind of getting special treatment, which – Again, it comes down to money and everything, which is a whole different conversation. But if I'm a student, I want the best treatment possible. Yeah. And I'm not getting that, but a football player is because he's on the football team.
0: Yeah. I I don't
1: know if I don't know how to feel about that, even as someone who does care about sports. And I understand why the football team is getting that treatment. But as a student on this campus, like I risk getting infection going to in my job every day yeah. that I have to be at. You know what I mean? So it's like, I want that treatment too. I want to be kept the safest as I possibly can if these guys are getting that treatment. You know what I mean? So I think I'm not sure if you if any lawsuits could even come out of that. But I mean, the yeah. university has to be prepared to answer those type of questions. And again, I'm sure they are, but it's just again, just like pushing these football players further and further away from like being actual students at the University of Illinois, not to even mention the fact that they haven't even voted or talked about the other fall sports. They made football a whole separate entity. Yeah. That doesn't sit right with me. And that is going to raise Title IX issues because if you only have a male sport playing in the fall... Yeah. That conflicts with everything Title IX stands for in terms of sports. So, and I know we're supposed to get more information on the fall sports in the coming days, but I am, if I'm a volleyball player, if I'm a soccer player, if I'm a cross country runner, I'm pissed right now that they voted football separately right. when they postponed fall sports as a collective in yeah. the first place. Because my brother runs cross country in high school and he's able to run. How could they not figure that out at the college level?
0: Yeah. It's it's an interesting debate, and Gabby, you hit on all the points when it comes to this. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I'm just pan- no, I'm I mean, passionate you, hey. about the other fall sports because, you were, yeah, to me, you how be. can you vote to postpone them as an entity but no, not exactly. bring them back as an
0: entity? No, of course. And, I mean, you hit on all those um, – I I, mean, I wish I knew the answers. I'm sure Chancellor Jones wish you I'm knew sure the answers. I'm sure Jones
1: um,
0: But yeah, I mean, this is something that they're going to have to figure out because as you said, like this is going to raise a lot of questions, especially if they keep pushing it off. I mean, they said they'd start talking about it Thursday, right? That they'd start talking about brings Yeah, so Josh back.
1: Whitman had said that the 80s hadn't even met about fall other fall sports yet. And that's wild to me. is crazy to me. Like, um, they did football completely separately. So that makes me feel like it wasn't just data-driven and it was about the
2: money. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think that we're missing the big thing here is that it's all about the money, right? Look, well, why I, do you think I they're getting think, different tests? I don't even it's think because... I needed
1: to say that. Well, I exactly. Feel like that's... But...
2: Like, let's be honest, like this antigen test, it's a little bit more complicated, it's going to be nasal based, it's not saliva, it takes yeah, longer. Yeah, ripped to
1: their passageways. Yeah,
2: that sucks. That's, it's that's all terrible. nasal. Like, every,
1: yeah, day, every so. day. It costs a
2: little bit more. So, yes, that's why they're not administering it to all of us. And, like, I feel, like, I know a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about this. Like, I do feel really bad for the volleyball players, the cross-country runners, like, golf, tennis, whatever it is. Um, because, like, if I were in one of those sports, I, like, wouldn't care at all about the money. I'd be yeah. like, this is supposed to be, like, equal here, and you're just focusing on the sport that's going to give you the most money. And like, obviously that's what they're doing because we have heard about, like, the financial uh like difficulties that are coming out of this, but at the same time, like you have to acknowledge it more. Like when the, Chancellor Jones gets asked that he needs to give a more thorough response, he needs to show a little bit more compassion for these sports because they're on. A lot of them are on at least maybe some type of scholarship or something to come here and play, and they dedicate so many hours each week to practicing. So even though we understand that it's because of money, like they're in a really bad position. I feel bad for them.
0: Yeah, most definitely. All you can hope for, really, um, as students is that whatever research is coming out of the Big Ten is is used to, um, I mean, I guess, fun tests somewhere else in terms of whether that be student-based, whether that be in other communities, whether that be the Champaign-Urbana community or the communities that the schools are in because, I mean... You know that that's what you hope for if they're using this for research that's kind of what the university of illinois did with the saliva test over the summer and now they're hoping to expand it to the rest of the state so hopefully that sort of same effect can can go until we you know have have an opportunity to whether through treatments or vaccines uh beat this virus but yeah i mean it's 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 a huge ethical debate and it's something that a lot of people will be talking about um especially if they keep going you know weeks without having an answer about volleyball soccer uh cross country and these other sports um but yeah I mean that's just what the situation is and Josh said it best like I think we all know what it's about and it's Mm -hmm. about the money and they're losing money and um they're watching the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 compete and still get you know TV money and still get some sort of fan money depending on what schools are allowing fans in so
1: I think another thing and this doesn't necessarily apply to Illinois because Josh Whitman has said from the beginning, the last resort is cutting any programs. Right. They have yet to do that, but other schools have, including Iowa and Minnesota in the Big Ten, uh, most specifically men's gymnastics, and I possibly women's gymnastics at one of the schools, I'm not sure, and then swim and dive um, at Iowa for sure. And
2: keep in mind, Iowa hosts nationals for swim and dive. Yeah. That before. It's like That's a big one. So That's a very big deal over there.
1: Are they going to use this new revenue from the football to reinstate those sports because the idea was they weren't going to get any revenue from football so they're losing all this money we have to cut sports bigger thing is and obviously this doesn't uh, necessarily, apply to Illinois, but I, one of our writers at the DI, uh, Brad Zimmerman, wrote a really great article on just men's gymnastics at the Division One level being so like just dwindling so quickly. Mm. They uh, canceled or are like done with the program at Iowa uh, after the season. The men's gymnastics program, two to three, two or three weeks before they announced that they gave the whole football all the football coaches raises. It's tough. But couldn't afford to keep the men's gymnastics program.
0: And that's tough. And that's what we'll see. I mean... I'm so
1: I'm definitely excited. Not excited, but am, I'm anticipating seeing that whole debate at other schools. Glad that Illinois is not in the, that position. I'm really happy that Josh Whitman found a way to keep all yeah. his programs. I think that's a really impressive thing to do at this point but that's just something kind of a little side note I'm interested in
0: yeah definitely well as we move from you know the debate about (laughs) what this decision means Josh I know you're You know, trying to figure out the schedule right now. Obviously, a schedule hasn't officially been released. Um, But, Josh, do you want to talk about what that might look like?
2: Yeah, so basically, they're going to do nine games in nine weeks, starting, like we said, the weekend of October 23rd and 24th. And it's going to be an eight game plus one schedule. So, what that means is each team is going to have four home games and four away games. And then the last game is to be determined because that game is going to be based on the uh, final division standing. So, for those that don't know, in the Big Ten, they have the West Division and the East Division. Illinois is in the West, and you're going to play the team that finished in the same spot as you from the other division. So, for example, if Ohio State finishes as the first seed in the East, I think they're in Wisconsin in the West, they're going to play each other. If Illinois is five in the West and so is Maryland, they're going to play each other. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I'm not sure about is how they're going to determine who the home team is. Maybe it will be based on record or something. But that's how the schedule is going to look. So I think that the first first place game – Will be the regular Big Ten championship in Lucas Oil. And then from there, obviously, we don't know about bowl games, but a Big Ten team will have a chance to play in the college football playoff. So, yeah, schedule is not out yet. We should expect that in the next coming days. But, yeah, eight game plus one, nine games, nine weeks.
1: So, what happening from the original schedule or the, not the original, but the revised schedule back at the beginning of August is they're taking one last game from the opposite
2: division, correct? Right, so the original schedule obviously had your 12 games for three non-conference, nine-conference so it's going to be based on that nine conference games minus one so you're going to play everyone that's in your division and then cutting one of the three teams that are out, so for Illinois again as an example, there are three uh, East, because Illinois in the west, their three east teams were Ohio State, Indiana, and Rutgers. So they're gonna play two of those three teams, and that's where your original eight comes from.
0: Hmm. So Josh I know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but what is this and you mentioned it a little bit what does this mean for I mean I guess maybe Ohio State or if if they're if they're fortunate enough Wisconsin or maybe Penn State trying to get into the college football playoff
2: If they're gonna get into the playoff unless something very weird happens because we've seen you know Clemson go undefeated in the last few years uh, Oklahoma usually goes undefeated we're more than likely than not going to get an SEC t- SEC team to go undefeated. Ohio State... Penn State or Wisconsin whoever you know you think has the best chance of getting into the playoff has to go undefeated because like I said unless other teams start losing in other divisions they have to go undefeated because they have less games too so if Ohio State loses a game and then there's a couple really good you know one loss teams in the SEC because they're playing more games they're most likely going to get it over a Big Ten team so like I know like the favorite obviously is going to be Ohio State so if the Buckeyes want to get in they have to go 9-0 no questions asked yeah
0: It'll be interesting to see. Um, But, I mean, I'm hoping we get that schedule soon so we can start looking and all that stuff. You guys have talked to, I mean, a few football players after they opened availability after Wednesday. Um, What is the general feel of, you know, these guys? What are they excited for? Are they nervous? Um, what, What did you guys get from talking to them?
2: Um, Everyone's really, really excited. Usually the first question that was asked in all of the Zoom you know, press conference calls was, what was your reaction when you found out you were getting to play? And everyone said how excited they were. Uh, All of them, like I said, really just want to be here. They know that it's going to be a little bit different. They have less games, but they want to make the most of what they have. Uh, Something that a lot of them commented on was how they're not going to be playing with fans, and that's going to be different. And a lot of them want some sort of noise. But other than that, no one has really any complaints for how the schedule is, how the plan is, and I I just got the sense, I don't know about you, Gabby, but everyone was really excited, and they're ready to go. They just want to start and get it going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had the chance to talk to any of the players yet, but I can just go off of what Whitman and Lovey were talking about. They're just excited. I mean, I'm sure this has been a such a roller coaster of emotions for them since back in March, April, you know, when they canceled spring football and everything. Everything's just been so up and down for them. Like, yes, we're playing. No, we're not. Yes, we're playing. No, we're not. June, we're doing training camp. Nope. Now it's July. Now it's August. So I'm sure they're just relieved to feel like they have a solid plan in place right now. And I think both of them are so excited for this program. We've heard so many times, this is the best team of Lovey's tenure. Um, You know, this is the year Illinois really kind of breaks through and, you know, makes their name in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten, you know, just to be competitive with Mm -hmm. everybody else. Obviously, we saw that for the most part last year, Um, but this is the year that we're really going to be able to see them be competitive with most of the teams they play. Obviously, Ohio State, Penn State is going to be a little tougher of games, but still you don't anticipate them to get blown out by 50 points maybe to Ohio State but like Penn State you anticipate a little of a closer game than you would have two years ago and I think that's just important for the program also I'm sure obviously no one has talked about this yet um, but just recruiting I'm sure they're relieved to kind of be back in the mix this year um in terms of you know they're able to play so you know recruits are a little more interested now so I think they're excited I'm sure Lovey is just relieved I'm sure he wanted this season more than anybody else because he knows the talent on his roster so that's the feeling I got I think everyone's just excited I'm sure watching Big 12 SEC ACC play Mm -hmm. last week was really hard um so yeah I think just general excitement yeah. And relief. I would say relief.
0: Definitely. Um, you guys or Gabby talked to Lovey a little bit. Um, at least on that, that first press conference with Chancellor Jones and Josh Whitman. What what is Lovey ready for in these next in this next month coming up?
1: Um Lovey didn't talk too much. He was very he was lovey. He was yeah. a little just like but I think he was just ready to get back to like practice in 20 hour weeks. That was the big thing. They were working on yeah. 12 hour weeks. Now they're back to 20 hour weeks. So I think he was just excited to have more time with the guys now and like just have a solid like outlined plan of mm-hmm. okay we can practice and then you know in two weeks from now I'm not sure the exact timeline but we can practice in pads and you know like whatever. So I'm I think the structure and literally just getting back on the field and working towards playing because like I think he said it, or maybe it was Whitman. Um, but like working in the off season, like working towards, just like getting better in, in the off season is such a different mental aspect mm. than working towards playing a game. So I think I'm sure I think he's happy about that. I think he's excited to be back in like the mindset of working towards a game and just getting these guys game ready. Honestly,
0: most definitely. Well, it'll be exciting to see. I mean, what this is gonna bring in the next month. If anything changes, I hope not. I hope this is the last time we have to deal with the, uh, as at least, uh, sports writers to deal with the, yeah, Josh knocking on wood, but, <laughs> um, to deal with a, a change like this, there's been a lot in the last six months, um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting to see. But moving on to the professional side of football, um, last week went off with almost without a hitch. Uh, they reported that one of the fans who attended the Kansas City Texans game last week um, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, so that's just one of the fans. I mean, they're going through all the protocols. That's obviously going to happen when you allow thousands of people into the stands. Odds are one of them in the United States is going to have it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see see. There's not a lot of stadiums allowing fans, but it'll be interesting to see those stadiums who are allowing fans uh, what what happens when people test positive, stuff like that. Um, but last night, uh, Gabby was paying attention to the game because the Cleveland Browns played the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, worst jersey matches up. Like, mm-hmm. I just hate their colors. That was awful, was <laughs> so That ugly. was disgusting. Orange and brown just don't go together. Orange um, and black is much better. <laughs> but that was a pretty exciting game. Uh, Browns never felt like the Browns really were were losing that lead. But, I mean, Joe Burrow and, and company were making it kind of interesting. Uh, I think Browns won 35-30. Uh, this week coming up, I know we're all excited. Um, you guys have any, have any uh, storylines you're following this week?
1: Josh and I talked a little about the NFL yesterday on the radio show. There's a lot of good games. There's
0: a lot of really, really
2: good games. Yeah. We're, we're talking like sports bettors are probably not going to be happy come no. Monday or Tuesday because <laughs> there are plenty of like, we had we had trouble picking games yesterday. We did Day, have some we?
1: trouble. Um, I'm trying to think what we were, some storylines we were talking about. Um, so
2: Vegas is at home for the first time, and yes, then Tom that Brady and the Bucks thing. are at home for the first time. Uh, Bears have a home game, so obviously for a Bears fan like me, that's good.
1: Oh, Josh picked Denver to win over the Steelers.
0: I did. It's a good defense, not without Bob Miller, really. But I just I'm, he owes
1: me a double cheeseburger meal from win. McDonald's. If the
0: you mean
2: Steelers you'll win. owe me ten spicy nugget meal. When do you, Josh? Do you believe in Drew Locke? Yeah, I'm actually a big Drew Locke guy. Before mm-hmm. I uh, committed to Illinois, I was very interested in Missouri, and I went and saw a Drew Locke play. Yeah. Like, they're like <laughs> okay, the second best Missouri. journalism school. Yeah, they are.
0: They're good. They're good. In
2: the country, so. I got to see him play in person a couple times and mm-hmm. I thought he was really good. Then last year he was like 4-1 and one in five games yeah, I or mean, with he the Broncos. Started, he, was, he was good. He had good defense. I think that he had a little bit of rust to shake off and Vic Fangio wasn't right. the best yeah. coach week one, but I do. I like their coach. I like their quarterback. I'm more just trying to get under Gabby's skin if I'm being completely honest, but I, it's fun to make
0: a little bet. The Steelers' defense just looked too good against the Giants. They, Saquon had six rushing yards. Saquon's a bomb. I hope he can repeat that again. Saquon's not a Oh, Remember when just... I passed on him?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, um, one uh, one game I'm interested to watch is uh, Falcons Cowboys.
0: Yeah, that will be a good I I picked yeah. the
1: Falcons. Josh picked the Cowboys. Yeah,
0: I, pick, I need Matt Ryan to go you off. Because those of you, who, who of you don't know, I accidentally picked Matt Ryan in fantasy when I was trying to pick Dak Prescott. Um, what? I slipped, <laughs> the button slipped. It wasn't a good night. It
1: was a late night. It was a was, late <laughs> night. You were on the second draft of the night. We were on the second night. draft of
0: the night. I was trying to pick Dak Prescott. accidentally picked Matt Ryan. It happens. It happens, you know. It so happens. So now you're riding with Matt but
1: Ryan. But Matt Ryan
0: gave me some points last week, so I'm going to need him to show Dak right in his face while I picked them yeah uh so I'm really riding with Matt Ryan uh hopefully you got an MVP season
1: I asked <laughs> I asked Josh this yesterday but you watched the Steelers game or most of the Steelers game against the Giants mm-hmm. how do you feel now that you saw the Giants how do you feel about them playing the
0: Bears this week what do you think how do I feel yeah I feel like the Steelers line is a lot better than the Bears' defensive line, especially with Robert Quinn, um, if he – is he playing?
2: He's – he was full in practice the last oh, couple Oh, say less. Yeah,
0: he, okay. Yeah, I'm play. much more confident now. Um, I feel like they had trouble – they only had one sack on Matt Stafford last week. Um, but, I mean, that's going to happen when you really only have uh, Keem Hicks and, and Khalil Mack. Hopefully, they can mesh in and figure that out Um I'm pretty confident that if it comes down to Danny Jones' arm, we'll be fine. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. It's look, the defense I sometimes when they're on, they're great. Sometimes they're a little wavery. They're not the same defense they were in 2018. That's okay. Uh, I'm, I don't worry about the defense. I know they're gonna pull through in some like if, if it's a close game, I know the defense is gonna pull through. The the scary part is is it gonna be a close game? Is Mitch Trubisky gonna be able to score in the first half? We'll see. You know, these are the these are the questions questions you live with when you're a Bears fan?
2: Uh, So, like, over the offseason, when they signed Robert Quinn, like, Ryan Pace and the Bears made it clear that they have one goal with their defense, and that's to get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, when Robert Quinn does play... And, like, the Lions O-line actually isn't, like, that bad. They have have a pretty decent O-line. The Giants do not. So, if... If Robert Quinn does play, I'm gonna expect a few sacks out of this, you know, Bears defense. I, I want some so. excitement. I want some Khalil Mack celebrations. I want Robert Quinn to make a good first impression. But like you kind of hit on with Trubisky, he has all the momentum right now. But as we've seen over the past couple of years, Trubisky doesn't deal with momentum well. He's never been that type of quarterback. So I'd love for him to play four complete quarters, but uh, my hope just isn't too high.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean that's that's just what it is. When you're a Bears fan, you kind of hope for just some glimpses of what we saw in the fourth quarter with Mitch. If he can put just a drive or two together in the first like half, if if this team was a was was a consistent score in the first half, like if they could put up a touchdown, just one, maybe two, uh, is that too much to ask for? Uh, then they'd be they'd be able to compete with anybody. I I'd be certain with that But it is the fact That they just cannot Score in the first half Whatever it is They're always doing Three and outs On their first drive Uh, They kick field goals A lot um, And they just don't Score touchdowns So if they want to win consistently this year they're gonna have to score touchdowns in the first half that's what it has been through the last year and a half um and i mean we'll see I i think mitch is still on a week to week basis in terms of starter position um and i think he's i think that's you know that pressure on his back that's what that is what it is that's what happens when you have the year you do last year um so we'll see but i think the bears can win this game um I remember two years ago when they played the Giants, they beat them, and Odell had like a 50-yard touchdown pass – on, like, a flea flicker type thing. Yeah. That was hurtful. That was hurtful. Uh, but I think, I, I mean, I think that this team isn't as good as they were two years ago, the Giants. Um, I think Saquon's phenomenal, but I think that um, the Bears can can stop Daniel yeah. Jones. So, hopefully I'm not proven wrong on Sunday, but, you know, it is what it
2: is. I had a question for you, Brendan. Um, if Trubisky wouldn't have had the fourth quarter that he did against the Lions and he wouldn't have, like, maybe threw, he maybe threw like, one touchdown pass, not a good QBR, wouldn't Nick Foles be starting on Sunday.
0: I would hope so. so. I would, I hope to God so. And it was I mean like I mean me and Gabby your roommates so you saw what it was. I mean the first three quarters I was hurt. It, it was, was abysmal. Brutal. It was it, <laughs> it was bad. I mean Mitch was playing terribly. You guys he know I ma- don't
1: care about the Bears at all but I was start like I was getting anxiety <laughs> and like I was not like it was working me up as yeah. not a Bears fan because he was just playing so bad. He was
0: playing really really bad. He was missing throws. Obviously like you can say what you want about uh, Jimmy Graham not being able to jump, those those balls were out of reach. They should have been better balls. Um, I mean. It is what it is with Mitch. So, if he did not have the phenomenal fourth quarter that he had, I would hope that Nick Foles would be starting this game. I would hope they said that Monday morning, like, Nick, you're the starter. Maybe text him Sunday night. Maybe during the fourth quarter they texted Nick, hey, listen, bro, you're getting in.
1: I was – we were literally talking about this on the quad earlier today. Nick Foles is living the life. He is in <laughs> Chicago with his family, Ken, his wife and kids. He's getting paid 20-something million dollars. To just be the backup and be ready when, like, Mitch falls apart inevitably.
0: Yeah. Gabby, like every
2: quarterback doesn't... wants to be on
0: the field.
1: I know, but, like, <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: Like, Nick Foles, like, might be the best backup quarterback ball
1: Ever. Like, he thrives already got a Super as a backup that's quarterback. That's a very fair
0: argument. Like he's already got a Super that's a, fair argument. Like he got a, Super that's a really good he point. He has to
1: know so he's, he's not winning a Super side. Bowl at Chicago. He has to know. Hey, whoa, whoa, chill out chill, out.
0: chill out. Chill out. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. You never know what happens. Come on now.
1: But like he's just, I'm sure he wants to eat on the field, but like he has to just be chilling right now. Like I'm sure he's
0: living a good life. Well, I mean, there's I'd nothing like to, to do in him. Chicago right now. I'd like to yeah, be Yeah, there's him nothing right to do now. in Chicago right now, so that's hey, like baby, probably he's got the only 20 million. downfall. But okay, but he's rich. I'll chill in my
1: rich house for $20 million. <laughs>
0: he definitely did not buy a house in Chicago.
1: Okay, well, rented. Well, well yeah,
0: he's probably house. in a condo somewhere, but like, if you buy a house, I feel like he can't own a house till he's retired.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But
2: uh, I really like Nick Foles, and I think.
1: I think Nick Foles should be your guy's
2: star. Me too. I think Nick Foles. I think Trubisky is a great guy, and I think he works probably harder than anyone. Maybe besides like Drew Brees or something I mean,
0: like that. You can work but, as hard as you want to, sometimes. Well, exactly, but good. if you
2: can't if you can't throw the ball accurately over the middle in the NFL Things got to change. Like for some reason, he's awesome on the outside and the sidelines. That's what's so. But then he throws the ball in the middle, and it's like it's like me throwing out there. Like he, I know he has a cannon for an arm, but if he can't throw accurately, Mitch, like something doesn't change. Matter. I can't yeah. believe the Lions switched to man to man in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, Zona's Anthony Miller was the like
0: whole game. Anthony Miller was like, damn, they switched to man, and it was time. you talked was about like, he was just, Thank you it's for like switching his eyes lit man up or something yeah. like that.
2: And then he obviously he he had the highest rating I think out of the whole team. He had the highest, like, catches, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, it is what it is when it comes to the Bears. You don't know what you're going to get week by week, and that's what you have to expect, that you're just going to be surprised. It keeps me on my toes. It keeps me on my toes on Sunday afternoons, and, you know, that's all I can really ask for. I had a good year in 2018, um, ended really badly. But it is what it is. Nick Foles beat us that game, and I can live with that. Heartbreak. Because now he's on team. You know what? So, Gabby, your Steelers are playing Broncos. Huh. How do you feel about that? You feel confident? I how think. did you feel about what? What? Okay, so we on the podcast haven't talked about how they performed okay. last Monday night. So
1: let me give you the rundown of Monday night football with Gabby and the Steelers. I was freaking out from the first snap. Um, Rightfully so.
2: After Daniel Jones threw that touchdown.
1: No, I was crying because Brendan said something rude about Juju. <laughs> He said he can't wait till Juju gives another woman his last name. It hurt. It stung. Anyways. (laughs) So, literally. Well, so the first two offensive drives for the Steelers were straight up trash. Garbage. Hot garbage. Looked like last year, but worse by ten times. So, wasn't feeling great. Once the two-minute drill hit, Ben was good. He mm-hmm. was good, solid. He was hitting Juju. He was hitting uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, Benny Snell was running the ball because James Conner James Connor got hurt. Was it thrilled with the offensive line? I think they could have done better. They have some injuries on the line, um, so I'm not surprised that they were a little shaky that first game because they are playing some younger guys. Yeah. Um thought the defense looked phenomenal. Obviously, Steelers' defense, I have to remember, and my dad always gets on me about this because I freak out every time any other team catches a pass against the defense. Steelers rush more, and they play up more, and they put pressure on the quarterback more, so they're going to nice. they're, they're give up some passes because they're rushing the right. ball more. Yeah. But they end up getting the job done on the blitz, on the rush. So... It's frustrating sometimes because, you know, they get a deep ball in or, you know, they get a good 15 yards or a good like 10 yards twice in a row. But then the defense shuts it down. Um, I thought the defense looked so good. Um, Was looking for a big play from Minka Fitzpatrick. Didn't get it, but I think he covered... and he had good coverage, so feeling good. T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree looked phenomenal.
0: Bud Dupree is a, is a huge human.
1: He's a huge human. I
0: see I see that every time I watch the Steelers play. He's a huge human. He's a human
1: big dude. They, I had
0: him on my uh, Madden, like, uh, what's it, my team, mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Like, when he was, like, really young. And he's just a huge human being. Yeah.
1: The problem is he only has good seasons when money is on the line. Hey, but I money's on was. the line, so I'll take him, so. it. Yeah, so I'll take it. But I thought the defense couldn't have looked much better. Yeah. Um, obviously, they gave up some points, but they shut the Giants down for the most part in the second half. I thought Ben looked so good, especially in the second half. First quarter wasn't too great about it. I thought he looked really good. <laughs> yeah. Um I thought he looked as good as you could expect him to look. I thought Juju looked really good, which I'm really happy about, not just because he's my favorite, but also because he had a really crappy year last year. Um, And he seems like a good dude. Like, I want him to succeed. So, overall, good. I feel good about the Broncos. Um, Do you think? Except I'm haunted from Tim Tebow and the Broncos, that one playoff game where he just hit whoever for the long touchdown game was over. Do you think- so I'm haunted by the Broncos, so a little nervous about that high altitude. Oh, no, it's at Pittsburgh. I'm going to say high altitude, not feeling good, but it's yeah, at ben Pittsburgh. Ben might
0: need that oxygen. Yeah, Ben um. needs the
1: oxygen. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> do you
0: but- think Drew Locke goes into Pittsburgh and demolishes that defense? <laughs> I know Josh does. Yeah. I don't think he demolishes
1: defense. I don't, think, he demolishes yeah, no, I don't the defense, think so either at all. But he's going to put up points. I think they score maybe – Two touchdowns, maybe a touchdown, two field goals. But I In think. The whole game? Yeah.
0: I hope that both those touchdowns go to Cortland Sutton because he's on my fantasy. I thought he was out. He was out week one. Oh, is he out again? Been,
1: I don't know. Oh. <laughs> butter jack. No, I think it'll be fine. I think Ben, even though there's no fan, fans, Ben's first game at Heinz Field back, I think he's going to tear it up. I think Juju's going to tear some things up. So I don't know why Josh is staring at me right 27, now.
2: 27-23 Broncos. What? Right now, 27-23 okay, Broncos. Okay, I'll
1: go, let me think.
0: Corlin Sutton is questionable.
1: I'm going to go 20, 27 Steelers. I'll give the Broncos 17. 27-23 I mean,
0: Broncos.
1: 27-17 Steelers.
0: Mm, yeah, I'll say I'll say 24 to 13 Steelers. Okay. Right. I can't wait for my spicy nuggets. <laughs> oh my you can have your spicy nuggets if, if you need them, but I yeah, I just, I mean... The Steelers did look really, really good. I mean, obviously, I like to rag on them because they're Gabby's team, but that's the only be, reason I'm picking the Broncos. Their, their but defense it's fun that way. yeah, their defense against the, the rush looked, I mean, against the run looked really, really good. Uh, their pass defense was, was really there. Um, and if Ben has a game, there's, I mean, there's not a lot you can do uh, yeah. to stop that team. Worried about the run a little. You are.
1: Yeah, Benny Snell had a good game as the backup. Um, obviously, he pretty much was the starter the second half because James Conner was out with an ankle injury, I'm pretty sure. I think James Conner was actually practicing this week, so I'm sure, I feel like Benny Snell should start just because, like, I thought
0: yeah. yeah save yeah, saved
1: James a little, but he had a really good game last week, but he's not a starter for a reason, mm-hmm. so I'm a little concerned if he has another good game this week, and I mean... We have to face it. Ben's old. So, like, if you can just limit how much he's throwing in a game, that's huge. So, I'm a little worried about the run game this week. Um, Also worried about putting Connor out there too early if he's actually injured. I'm sure he wants to play because he's battled injuries every season. Yeah. He's been in the NFL. Um, So, that's my only concern, I would say, is the run game.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, just for me, it's, it's tough to bet against that team right now when they're playing a team that's not that good. yeah. Obviously, when they have to play the Ravens or they have to play whoever, it'll be the Ravens. Definitely scared. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. I think other good games, I, the Rams are playing the Eagles. Eagles choked that game against Washington football team. Um, I like the Rams in that one. Yeah. Lions-Packers, I hope that the, the, the Packers win and dice up the defense because I have Devontae Adams and if he can go for another 40 point game then I'm gonna win um Ravens-Texans I think might be an okay game and then Patriots-Seahawks I think will be a really good game well um that's been another episode of the Daily Online Podcast for me for Gabby for Josh um follow your favorite team this <laughs> weekend <laughs> I hope I win I hope Corinthians wins but go yeah. Steelers sure go Bears <laughs>